0: The, the search is clearly complete. They completed uh, the, uh, uh, the search. The search is complete. Uh, He is confident in this process You should assume that it's been completed, yes After the search concluded last night That search was completed last night
1: Democrats were shuddering privately just a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be
2: Republicans were predicting a red wave But they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the
1: last two years We are going to take the House back well, we've got so much more to do, and
0: I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our... Welcome to back to the Ruthless Variety program, where it's going to be a complete program, fellas. Is it going to be complete or incomplete? It will be complete. Complete episode that is totally complete.
1: Well, the cast and crew is not complete. Well, it's today. incomplete.
0: looks incomplete to me.
1: I don't see comfortably Smug. He must be at his weekly Antifa meeting. <laughs> 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 Closet lib.
0: Yeah. Well, he may come.
1: We don't know. Well, yes. Now, if if we do have uh, Smug like come through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, yeah. we're just going
0: to keep rolling, I think. Yeah, just plug him in.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, you know, this is the time we can make work. Look,
0: I mean, it, technically it's a federal holiday, it, but we're hard at it. We're hard at it. And we're here to complete Yes, show
1: complete.
0: Uh, that was Ke- uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, who is providing an update dutifully to the press about the magnificent complete review that they've had <laughs> on classified documents.
2: She was doing that last Thursday,
0: and <laughs> like literally. As they were finding more documents.
2: Saturday morning, everybody wakes up, up, more documents.
0: (laughs) But I think I read in the the post piece of it is that they were revealed Thursday, that they they had found (laughs) the five more documents. And they had like this weird thing where it's like Biden's lawyer goes and looks for it, but then he finds it and he can't do anything about it. He's got to go get the classified lawyer to go get it. And then they get this stuff and then they walk it out and then they... Presented again, but they've got more stuff. <laughs> I mean, what, what a bizarre circum. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all of that. It'll be a fun, a fun conversation because it's just so bizarre. Um, look, we're down to one football team here as the ruthless variety program. The Colts did not have the year that they were expecting this year. Clearly, uh, the fighting Jeff Saturdays <laughs> didn't make it to the playoffs. Uh, Russ Wilson uh, in Denver just a historic collapse he did not cook he was not
1: cooking (laughs) russ did not cook
0: and then sunday uh despite 13 wins in the regular season the very predictable demise at home in the first round of the playoffs for my minnesota vikings it's something i've become accustomed to for the last few decades this is the pain that we endure and uh well yeah i mean i mean
1: look uh I feel bad for you, but I, I feel like you I don't your heart, feel like you really do. In your, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't for one second. I, I don't feel like For you those really for do. those of you listening, I mean Holmes gave me a rash of shit all season just dogpiling me in the group chat on the Indianapolis Colts. So yeah, I felt pretty good about you losing.
0: Well when you come at me with a thirty three oh lead and then blow it, what do you expect?
1: Uh, I expect a team that has 13 wins but a negative point differential to lose (laughs) in the wild card, and I was glad to see it happen. You're an asshole. Well, okay, so (coughs) here's the positive thing. Just as simple as that. I am. (laughs) With pleasure. Uh, I will accept that. Uh, Look, I think Kurt actually... Played pretty well. That's the thing All that's so surprising. Was the same thing. He managed. He managed the game. He was playing pretty well. I looked at the stat line in the third quarter, and it was like I think the guy only had like seven incompletions at yeah. that point. He was managing the game. He had a touchdown pass, and that defense—they're terrible. I think in particular, the thing that was really terrible was the DBs in run defense. They were just getting pancaked yeah. at the edge. Yeah, pancaked. Embarrassingly so.
0: Yeah, it's just the defense has been a real problem all year, and they're going to have to address it if they're ever going to get any further down the road. But it's it's a new defense. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, hope springs eternal. But I will say that the Cincinnati Bengals, who I've now become fond of because of our friend John Ashbrook. No, please. And you don't know, you hate them, too? They
2: look like shit, it's
0: too. Unbelievable. They, they it's unbelievable. He looks This guy's incredible. He doesn't even root for his friends.
2: He doesn't. He, it's, okay. it's shameful. Okay, roots against <laughs> his just, friends. Just because his season was over in September. He yeah. found
0: himself rooting for the New York Giants and Baltimore No, no. Ravens. He did. Yeah, that's right. No. You like the Giants. That's a tough thing for a guy from you Indiana. You like the no. Ravens. Well, no. They're not even the Ravens. No, they're no. the Cleveland I don't,
1: Browns. I don't like the ra- All I'm going to say about the Bengals here is you were playing against a backup quarterback, this Hunt- Huntley. Was mm-hmm. that his name? Mm-hmm. Huntley guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't look great. It didn't look great. That's all I'm uh, going to say. I, I
2: mean, I don't think I don't think anybody in Cincinnati was satisfied with the totality of what we right. saw last night. Right. Everybody's happy with the win. Yeah. But we now have three offensive linemen who started and played most of this season who are out. That's what
1: I'm saying. Is that's it, the problem? I'm not trying to hate on the on the Bengals, but like, apparently there's a chip in the ball. Did you see that on Twitter last night? because no. some some stat some stat uh uh twitter account was saying that Huntley was 0. 0.6 yards from the end zone when he made that fumble that was then returned 98 yards for a touchdown that sort of mm-hmm. put, put, put the Bengals back in control. Yeah. But I, if that didn't happen yeah, I, go I, it goes might have way. gone the other way. Could have. There are yeah. a lot of teams that like came in, you know, strong with 12 wins, 13 wins in the yep. Vikings that like didn't look that I mean, I think the only team that looked dominant were the 49ers and Brock yeah. Purdy can ball. but they but
2: they didn't even Big look C. dominant until the second <laughs> half they did, they didn't even they, yeah. they the, Seattle was playing them like man up for the first half of the game
1: yeah i think also and you i think this is what you saw with the ravens and the bengal's too is anytime you got divisional oppo- yeah. opponents in the playoffs it has just a different tenor right oh like, totally they play each other closer they just do
0: they do did you now did you
1: did you wager I did. How'd you do over the weekend? Well, uh, bad, and and here's why: because uh, he bet on the Chargers. He no, bet everything on no, the Chargers. no, no, he no, no, no. Friends, friends, you're familiar with the emotional hedge.
0: Well, that's how I. You won.
1: bet. You bet the emotional
0: hedge. I want. I won a substantial amount of money a, with the emotional hedge because it was worth a high price to wager in the event that my team were to come up short.
1: Well, I, I also bet an emotional hedge. Okay. Okay. And listeners of the show, if you if you are in an office environment where your friends' teams are in the playoffs and you know if they win, you're going to have to hear about it and how great they are all day, you see better your country. emotional hedge is betting for their teams. Oh, okay. Right? Because- At it, least you get something out. Uh-huh. Right. So I bet the Vikings. Yeah. I bet the Bengals. Bengals didn't cover. Vikings obviously lost. Yeah. Uh, Wait, so, what did you have Bengals at? Uh,
2: eight. Yeah, it was like oh, eight okay. and a half. So you, you bet them late in the week. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah I, mean, they, I guess they started, maybe. They
2: started at like five.
1: Well, my point, my point is, is like if you got to, as the Zoomers would call it, the emotional labor. If you have to carry the emotional labor of seeing your other, your friends' team succeed, you should bet for them so at least you get something out of it.
0: I wish there was some kind of an exotic bet about Jeff Saturday's career. Dude, you can probably- they are interviewing him to,
1: for the full-time job. I really hope that that happens. <laughs> I just can't wait. I might actually reconsider my fandom if they make him the <laughs> permanent coach. I mean, that would be incredible.
0: For those of you who don't understand what the emotional hedge is, it is a wager that you place against your team because the emotional damage that it would do to you personally by your team losing... Would therefore be offset by the money that you would get by winning the bet. Right. And the other way to look at it is you basically pay for a win. Well, right. I right. mean, if you're if you're losing your money and they win, you feel great about it, no matter what. There are many financial
1: instruments in life. Yes. Uh, there's stocks. There's bonds. Um, there's also insurance. A hedge bet, an emotional hedge bet, is basically an insurance policy you take.
0: Mental insurance.
1: On your fandom. Yes.
0: yes. Mental insurance. Which is what I took. I also will say, I think it's the case that every single playoff game hit the over. And after the first game, uh, I just, it felt like the over was a safe bet. And I, I placed a, a bet on the over on every one of these, and they all won.
1: I'm also uh, very guilty of, of, of betting a lot of overs when my team's not in the game,
2: just because it, you feel like you're rooting for a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally.
2: Totally. Michael. Um, I thought you had the Chargers, uh, 49ers in the Super Bowl. I did. I did. I, I placed. Well, I placed like a twenty-five dollar bet on it at like
1: three, plus three thousand or whatever. Well, it didn't work you might
0: out. be. You might be right on the niner. Big. I CB, think I was. Big I think, CB yeah. is really he, this guy. It's, he looked good. He looked pretty. Yeah, he looked pretty. He looked real pretty. Um, did you see the news about this gambler? Which I, I think this is the funniest thing that I've seen. So a guy lost one point four million dollars. When he put the bet on at halftime in the Chargers Jaguars game, if you recall, it was twenty-seven to nothing, and his thought was, "You front one point four million bucks, and the payoff I think was something like eleven grand." Right, right. So like, odds way against him, but he figures it's a free eleven grand because they're up twenty-seven points. Right. Uh, Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what the emotional roller coaster was for that dude. After he fronts the 1.4, watching the comeback. Well, <coughs> we talked about this before the show. But, um, you know,
1: if you have $1.4 million to, to gamble in this scenario, no. to win 11, could, would the 11 grand ever be worth it? Because you're basically signing up to white knuckle it the entire second half. Yeah,
0: if you're liquid enough to throw 1.4 mil bone on the table. Right. Like, is the 11 grand really going to be a, it's, a it's, life changer for what you? If,
2: here's a, what if, what if you... What if the 1.4 was all he had?
0: (laughs) What if if that was the last? It's a tough conversation with the missus, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Kids, no school. It's public school time. You got to hope you're good at sports. (laughs) Honey,
2: dad's going to be going away for a while. (laughs) I think mean, That would really be. That'd be awful. That would be rough. I, I hope
1: that's not the case. How, for this wh- guy. What's the What's the limit of gambling losses that you can write off on your taxes?
0: I'm curious now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we should probably do some homework and figure that out. Yeah, it's got. There's got to be something pretty substantial. I don't know if there's a limit. Who? I don't know. But I. I mean, I recall. Remember the stories about like Phil Mickelson losing 55 million bucks mm. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right.
0: So, I mean, he knows. Yeah. (laughs) Phil Phil knows. (laughs) Which is probably why he plays in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get into some topical matters here Uh, in the world of politics. You all have seen what we opened up the show with on the documents. The the very classified documents (laughs) that the vice president, now president, had uh, somehow obtained from his time in the Ob- Obama administration and then basically had him strewn around his garage and house. Yeah. Um, and now, predictably, the media is, is now. How do you think they're going to cover this? Yeah, nothing to see here. It's a locked garage, guys. <laughs> the first round of them, it was like, well, it's really quite different. There's a very small number of documents. It's nothing like the Mar-a-Lago situation. Right. Uh, okay. nothing nefarious here. And then the more came out, and it was like, ah, oh, well, you know, we'll have to see what they these are. But again, nothing. Well, then it and, also
1: got into the process argument of what well, these these lawyers for Biden immediately afforded. Uh, they they let the archives know.
0: Yeah, well, it didn't take the FBI because no, those lawyers were, were disclosing am- so quickly, immediately alerted, very quick disclosing. <laughs> and then now, this is from Axios: House GOP seizes. On Biden docs as new line of attack. Wow. (laughs) We pounced and seized, folks.
1: Well, yeah, for the uninitiated uh, in our listenership here, uh, the best framing in the media that you'll ever see is when a bad thing is done by a Democrat. It's never the thing that's the story. It's it's how the GOP reacts to the thing. Weaponizing. How, how we, we just take this thing that is no big deal, we, we blow it out of proportion by pouncing and seizing.
0: <laughs> we pounce, we seize, we weaponize. Yes. Sometimes, you know, we, we have all kinds of different processes that we do with this information, the information notwithstanding. Right. Right. <laughs> so the classified documents found at President Biden's former office and his Delaware home have provided fresh fodder for Republicans who have vowed to unleash a torrent of investigations into the president. Ah, okay. All right. You know what the funniest thing is for me, and I'd be interested to hear your guys' reaction to this. So up until this point. Like, if you'd have told me that a president had some documents that were potentially classified, not knowing like the extent of the classification, if it's like, you know, nuclear secrets or whatever. Right, right, Right. But I just sort of assume there's some paper issue when you deal with moving out of an office and back into an office. And you got people for that kind of thing. Right. Right and to me this whole thing if we would not have gone through the mar-a-lago experience with the fbi raid of a president's home uh and then all kinds of speculation about doj indictments resulting and like what what the president knew and when he knew it what he was doing well is it if you would just told me that this just happened i would have been like eh. I, I mean i'll figure it out right didn't get anybody anybody's hands like it's it's just the documents were there and now they're back and I would have been like, oh, God, okay. well, it's, you know, it's careless. But, I mean, I wouldn't have, like, been a, a national security emergency. But now that they've, like, pumped the tires all the way to the top PSI level after Mar-a-Lago, now it's a big deal. Well, yeah. And they basically all- dug
1: their own grave Right, here. right. And and also think about it like this. I hate to see it.
0: Yeah, I hate to see it.
1: Uh, you know, Donald Trump was president of the United States two two years ago. Yeah, right. Like these have been in the Corvette of Biden's garage for <laughs> what, six years? Yeah. With with a, a son who does business with China and Ukraine and he's trying to leverage the office of the vice presidency for his benefit. Certainly a distinction. Might be a little different.
0: Certainly a distinction. Also, weren't some found in the pen? uh biden library at the university of pennsylvania which by the way also has foreign contributions that are involved and hunter biden they
1: were hunter biden on a background check that someone had this on twitter that he was claiming that residence where they found these documents as his oh interesting Mm, interesting it is interesting perhaps he had access this this man who was trying to sell information in his proximity to the former vice president to ukraine and china yeah that could be a problem
0: so, but you wonder now that this is all out in the open and who knows if it's the extent of it or not. I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, I was kind of joking with some friends last week about Obama searching through his couch couch cushions at this point. Like, Jesus, I hope I don't have any paper. Because uh, I, I, you know, I, I assume some of this stuff does happen from time to time. But now that they've made it a national emergency, you know, it goes into the House. We've got plenty of things to investigate, by the way. Tons. I mean, if you listen to Jamie Comer running the Oversight Committee... They got a number of things that they're interested in doing. And each committee is interested in various aspects of the Biden administration. I mean, God, the Afghanistan situation for crying out loud. You know, I mean, there's there's no shortage. But I, I I guess I personally hope this doesn't jump to the top of the list. Because like a year long conversation about like, but Trump. Right. Doesn't feel like it does the trick for me. Yeah. Does it for you guys? I no. mean, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I'm missing the. And if what you said is true about like Hunter Biden lived there, yeah. and had uh, access to this this document and that kind of thing, well, then that, that changes my calculus a little bit. But if it's just about like the possession of of classified documents, one way or another, and both <laughs> sides are being like you did it too, like how about we just get the documents back? Yeah, <laughs> let's call it a day. Are right?
2: We, are we going to learn what these documents were? Like, if it's a list of Is it like she's uh, cell phone number or something that he's (laughs) passing off to Hunter, or is it like? It's a
0: very good question because we went through a better part of a month after Mar-a-Lago with this wild speculation about whether it was like the nuclear codes. Yeah, I haven't heard anything of substance about these. Have you all? Maybe I missed it.
1: No. Mm -mm.
0: So it's interesting, right? The New York Times and the Washington Post that were not interested, so eager to front page the content. Of the classified information is no longer interested
2: in no they're, they're more interested in printing the credentials of the attorneys who handled the information <laughs> delicately <laughs> how get, quickly record time that joe biden friendly. joe biden called and let them know i i guess i am just there aren't any more papers he I, says i just naively maybe expected that there was a more
1: buttoned up process to the review of classified information even when you're vice president or president like i assumed You know, they come into the Oval, they open a folio on his desk and they're like, all right, here's the here's where the terrorist cell is. Here are options. We could drone them. We can send in the seals or whatever. And then, you know, the president makes a decision and that
2: folio is folded back up and somebody at NSC takes it back.
1: Well, like, you know, that's what I, I assume.
2: I, I thought the same thing. And my education on this is informed entirely by what happened in Congress. And usually in some on some staffs, there is a person who's working on the staff who's designated. Yeah. Uh, to be able to read read these documents and they have to go to a special room. Yeah. They have to leave their cell phone outside. Yeah. yeah Skiff. Right. They, that's the technical term. But they 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 look at paper copies of documents. And then they come back. They're not allowed to talk to anybody about it. So it's like the the, the amount of care that's taken in Congress uh, for something like that. You'd think that it yeah. happens at the White House too.
0: You would think, and also the, the whole transition. It's about that, mm-hmm. if nothing else, right? It's not like they're like, oh, well, are these books in in the in the library your books or? They, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like right. you look for the stuff that's sensitive and potentially something that the next administration needs and you have people like what is it the National Archives does for a living if not for this no, that's a great question I know it's like
1: they were carrying out bankers boxes with classified information like their CVS receipts <laughs> right you know stuffing out of every corner it makes no sense I don't I don't get it I mean I hope we find out more about that but I think back to your point of like man you know uh, you know unless there's something there there is this a big deal I think it could be a big deal, but I don't want this to also become the distraction that stops us from getting the answers on a lot of other stuff we know Biden did. Yeah. You know? Right. Like the failed Afghan withdrawal, like all that stuff. Like, we, like let's not let this become the only thing that the media will talk about.
0: Oh, completely. And I think, you know, they've been so good at basically suggesting the entire Hunter Biden investigation is about naked pictures of Hunter. Right. Right. Or, right. or like him right. doing crack and stuff like right. that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah, they wanted more more pictures of of, uh, Hunter's Janssen. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, guy had contract with with the Chinese, with Ukrainians, with, you know, like, very sensitive parts of, of, you know, work that the vice president was doing at the time. Uh And then his dad gets done with the service and basically goes to work with him. And, like, that seems pretty important to me, right?
2: Yeah think
0: like that's the kind of thing you got to figure out and if there's a nexus between the documents in that situation then I agree
1: yeah Uh, I I really hope that you know there's somebody executing a search warrant on that office space that Hunter Biden rented in Georgetown remember the one keys for the big guy keys for the big guy yeah I would be curious if maybe there are any documents there for instance that would be an important piece those are the threads I would like us to continue to pull
0: 100 percent 100 percent so anyway we're gonna we're gonna stay on all that not get uh uh taken off the left side of the map just to to be distracted because there's a lot of other stuff out there including uh Hunter's stripper baby
2: oh man i could not believe this story when i saw it i just could not believe you're talking about the story where <laughs> they they're going to court to sue this kid so that the kid can't keep their name
0: yeah so this is in the daily mail hunter biden asks judge to stop his estranged daughter four years old born to an arkansas stripper from taking his surname <laughs> the thing are that, you
1: kidding me the thing i love there about this is like Hunter Biden is worried somebody else would tarnish the Biden name. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll not have our illustrious name dragged through the mud by this child.
0: Simply can't have it. And recall, like, they've had all those pictures after Biden was inaugurated of, like, all the, here's all the children and grandchildren. Uh huh. You know, they're like, "Mm, not all of them. Not all. Not all of them. The nameless four-year-old in Arkansas is not on there, right? So they've already gone through great lengths to try to distance themselves, as if this is a secret. Right. Right? We're like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's the whole family. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much out there, right? But now, going to the lengths of asking a judge to not permit the last his last name for being this kid's name, that's just like... Boy, we're talking about a character issue. I mean, the guy's a real dirtbag. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, the request was made by the president's son on January 6th, just a couple of weeks after. On the,
2: January 6th? Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Wow. yep mm. uh, just a couple of weeks after the child's mother, London Roberts, uh, filed a name change petition for their daughter, Navy Joan Roberts. So I, apparently the, the, the mother, London, wants uh, Navy Joan... To be Navy Joan Biden, I guess. Yeah, and 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 Biden is not having that <laughs> apparently. Uh, Roberts, thirty-one, who is raising Navy in Arkansas, filed a petition last month amid ongoing paternity suit over child support payments. That's the other thing. He's Wait, not- he's
2: not he's not paying child
0: support. <laughs> yeah, they were adjusted because Biden's financial circumstances had undergone a substantial material change. Oh no. Because there's no law because he can't do business with the big guy, yeah, right? While Biden is claiming that the name change uh, would be harmful to the child, Robert said it would benefit the daughter because it is now synonymous with with being well-educated, successful, financially acute, and politically powerful. Now, now that's, that's a questionable a, argument. No, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> questionable <laughs> argument. Like, just on the legal merits, I feel like maybe he's got a case here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the uh, Biden family, including Hunter, reportedly never met Navy, who was born in August 2018 to Roberts. And I love the Daily Mail, always after the comma, a stripper at a club that Hunter used to frequent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can always count
1: on Daily Mail. Daily
0: Mail, they just like four different caveats. Remember, she's a stripper. <laughs> unbelievable anyway what a story we'll stay on that one uh, and, and they they say that
2: never met navy like as if he just he had he hasn't had you know hadn't had a time yeah hadn't, hadn't happened that way yeah like as like there's a there are lawsuits going on like don't you think that the kid would like to right see her family
0: also like you're the dad yeah. right i mean what a scumbag complete deadbeat oh you never met i don't know never met navy <laughs> Poor Navy. I mean, what a disaster. What a disaster. So, yeah, again, um, more Hunter Biden. This is interesting because this is, for me, a story about how Democrats made their bed. Again, mm. yes. much much like the documents. McCarthy confirms that House panel will boot Schiff, Swalwell, and Omar. Yes. Right? yes. Which is exactly what should happen mm-hmm. here. Exactly what should happen. And it shouldn't be the least bit controversial. Right. So, uh, this is according to the New York Post, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy confirmed late Monday that he will make good on his pre-midterm pledge to remove high-profile Democrats Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Elon Omar from their House committees. McCarthy told the Associated Press that he would move to strip the trio of their assignments, following through on a vow for payback for Democrats ousting Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Green, from their panels during last Congress. Now, remember... When Democrats ousted MTG and Gosar, Mm -hmm. it was for their incredibly intemperate comments. Right. Right. It was like racial absurdity that was made at the time, which is, you know, obviously nobody would condone that, but it wasn't a national security issue Uh that they were removing these two people from. They just politically didn't think they should be in Congress despite their constituents voting them
1: in yeah like swalwell allegedly had a relationship with a chinese spy yeah like schiff went on television and lied about seeing proof of collusion like every day of the week on cnn right i mean these these people are a malignant tumor on the the committees
0: yeah so let's go back to this for a minute because Schiff uh, both schiff and swalwell both from california would be removed from the house intel committee yes while omar would be kicked off house foreign affairs right um Here's the significance of that. Let's start with Swalwell, what you just mentioned. What McCarthy said in an interview that I saw late last week when they pushed him on this is, if you got the intelligence briefing that I got on Eric Swalwell, you wouldn't have him on there either. Get him.
2: <laughs> Get him. <laughs> That's a great line.
0: Right? That's Which great. I mean, first of all, God bless him for saying that. That's right. great. Right? But secondly, amazingly, the Democrats had the reaction to... That story, and if you'll recall, the story was that there was a Chinese spy in Northern California who'd made her way through sort of politically connected people trying to find somebody to just nest in with and had begun cavorting, shall we say, with Swalwell. Right. And this had all become public and Democrats sort of brushed it under the rug and it became like more and more of a thing. Right. I don't know. Do we really ever know exactly what happened there? There's a lot of inferences out there, but it sounds to me like there was perhaps some kind of an affair. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly.
1: I just think it's funny that you can be like a high profile Democrat like Eric Swalwell, like darling of the resist left and like. The only person who wants to sleep with you, allegedly, is a Chinese spy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, but take that one. For, okay, that makes sense. Set it aside. Yeah. Schiff. This is a man who for three years conducted uh, one of the most irresponsible investigations in the history of this republic. It is. It was borderline McCarthyism mm-hmm. uh, is what was happening, is that he would take to national television suggest Russian collusion between the Trump administration and Russian intel, essentially, to suggest that's how he won the 2016 election. And on more than one occasion, he would say that he found a smoking gun. Right. Right? Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. But the smoking gun exists. You're right. Right? And then we come to find out during the Mueller report, actually, that's all bullshit.
1: And he could only do that because he was sitting on the intel committee. Yeah. He was like... You know, I've seen stuff I can't, I can't share with you publicly here on national television. Right. As a member of the Intel Committee, though, I've seen stuff.
0: He Well, he was doing what the Brennans right. and the Clappers were all doing on cable television. Right. We all know because we're all in the Intel Committee. We can't tell you. Right. But we can strongly infer this is all true and you should just believe right. it. Right. Right. So he did that for years upon years, summarily misleading the American people about the intelligence that he was privy to. Right. That to me is reason alone. Yes, right. Like that. Take out the the two uh, impeachment investigations that he led. If you can get beyond that, just focus on the fact that he deputized his committee on a bullshit story Mm -hmm. that basically created three years of strife in this country. Yeah, and
1: then the Mueller report comes out, and he went back on TV. And basically, was offered an opportunity
0: to recant. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Doubled down. Double nope. Down. Still saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of collusion. So th- okay. So that's those two. <clears throat> and then you get to Omar. Omar. Where do you start with this lady? Right. The allegations, whether they're true or not, of her marrying a brother. Right. Which he never really addressed. I mean, I don't know. But then we've never gotten to the bottom of it. No, there's not a lot of interest in the media covering that off the left wing side of the map for the reasons. Okay, so let's take. Remember what we said about the Republicans, Gosar and MTG, they were thrown off their committees for highly intemperate racial Mm -hmm. comments that were ridiculous and should have been condemned. Obviously, you can make an argument about whether or not they should still be behind committees. Well, Omar sanctioned twice by the House of Representatives for totally anti-Semitic discussions. Yes. Right? So that, in a one-to-one comparison, I need to know nothing else. <laughs> All right? Yeah. right? So she's got the MTG Gosar deal. The other two have cause. End of discussion. Right. Let's move on. You guys made the bed. Right. This is how it works.
2: <laughs> right. And and the other thing, McCarthy. I don't know if you caught this. The press was um, on McCarthy about Santos. Oh, yeah. Who uh, I think that we're going to have to talk about it we're gonna have to do more on, on
0: santos because all of us are kind of getting up to speed on the breadth of the situation which i mean let's let's just save it because i i got it we got to do a full thing
2: right well, i think that's i think that's the right call but um mm-hmm. the press was asking mccarthy about santos endlessly last week and he's like why why weren't you guys ever asking any questions about swalwell right you know what where were th- where was you where were you pressing like Inquiries that this guy, we need to get to the bottom. They don't, care. they don't care. They don't they care. They don't care.
0: They don't care. It's just a matter of trying to thin his majority a little bit. Right. That's all right? I care. about. But we'll get to the bottom of all that, and we'll talk more about Santos. Um, you guys have all <laughs> heard this endless discussion about the gas stove situation, right? Uh, so this is from Politico. This is a headline: What the right's gas stove freakout was really about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> the Biden administration isn't proposing to outlaw fossil fuel powered appliances, but they're at the center of a growing nationwide debate about city and state bans on gas stoves. Oh, oh, is that right? Is that how that yeah. all came out? <laughs>
2: Why do they do this to themselves?
0: Yeah, is that really... Like, I also love... was from Democrats talking I, about it?
2: I love fossil fuel
1: powered appliances. Like your electric stove runs on <laughs> fucking <laughs> unicorn farts.
2: Fossil fuel... <laughs> what
0: an observation. <laughs> it's so, You're exactly right. Yeah. It's so good. It's You're so exactly great. Like fossil they want, fuel powered. Right. But this is, this is literally from last week in the Wall Street Journal right the consumer product safety commission's commissioner richard trumpka junior which by the way i didn't i didn't know that that his son was trumpka was the old afl cio guy that passed right so this yeah. is his, his kid uh he teased in an interview with bloomberg news this week that the agency plans to to propose new regulations for gas stoves which could include a ban quote this is a hidden hazard unquote mr Tr- trumpka said quote any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. Wow. Oh. Wow. Well, oh, that's what the rights freakout was all about. Wow. It, was a, it was a thing with uh, some people in some states. <laughs> or the guy who runs the joint.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: You're kidding me. This is incredible. So AOC, remember she said, uh, yeah. did you know ongoing exposure from uh, uh, NO2 from gas stoves yeah. is linked to reduced cognitive performance? And she linked to like some slate thing.
2: Yeah. And my, my favorite thing is a bunch of people online found a picture of her gas stove in her apartment.
1: <laughs> yeah. On those Instagram
2: lives, she's always yeah, Reduce, she's Reduced Reduce cognitive. Exactly. And she's like, excuse me,
1: I rent this place. I rent. Um, It's a very nice luxury apartment in Navy Yard.
0: Sorry, it has a gas stove. (laughs) Uh, Newsweek. Republicans mocked over outraged claims government is coming for gas stoves. (laughs) A significant number of Republican politicians seized on the notion that the Biden administration would be coming for stoves regardless, with many expressing their outrage on social media. (laughs) Nice. The the
2: Mighty (laughs) Newsweek used to grace every coffee table and every Jiffy Lube across the country.
0: It's just, it's totally stunning, right? That we've gotten to a place Mm -hmm. where you have literally the person who is in charge of regulating this situation, suggesting a ban is, is possible for your gas stove, which like take that out of just the laughable, like that's what he said. Right. The problem here is that Republicans have overreacted. <laughs> they have overreacted. they're, in fact, not coming for the gas stove. Uh, it seems pretty much like they're coming for the gas stove, right?
1: I don't think they're going to leave it at that. I mean, as look, we're all grill dads. I think this is an important oh, sli- con- slippery slope for the grill dads. Oh, I mean, if I you even think considered that, if you think that they would stop at a gas stove, man, they're coming for your smoker. Oh, my God. For sure. 100%, right?
0: Well, I mean, look, and they're, they're, you've, this country's seen Civil War before. <laughs> Can you imagine what the Midwest of this country would look like or the South would look like if you didn't have a smoker? Yeah. Possible. I'm just saying. Smoked meat in Texas, right? Your your barbecue in North Carolina and Tennessee. From my cold Kansas dead hands. City ribs. <laughs> I mean come on man it just it it's it's ridiculous but you're right i mean to mm-hmm. to suggest that the problem here is for them just omitting all sort of smoke and gas and right. anything that contributes carbon dioxide to the air right, right. except and cow farts remember they, they took a run at cow farts last year i mean it's possible. I'm just saying. It's definitely possible. I mean, progressive cities such as Berkeley, San Francisco, and New York have already banned gas stoves and other appliances in new buildings. Now, <laughs> when they did that, though, wasn't it just because it was a fire hazard? I don't know.
2: I, I don't remember, but, I mean, why would anybody live in these places? Oh, God. I mean, I mean, in San Francisco, you walk outside, and there are people throwing poop at each other. <laughs> You can't. You get like an efficiency apartment for five thousand bucks a month, maybe ten thousand a month if you're lucky. Like what? And you and you see people of people are leaving. People are leaving. Oh in yeah, droves. they're going all
0: over the place because of droves. this insanity, right? right? And I read something the other day that there was a volcano that erupted that contributed more CO two the at, to the atmosphere than humans have over yeah, the, the last yeah. two hundred years right yeah right. the
1: entire industrial revolution, <laughs> right
0: yeah. Right? I mean, just think about that. Yeah. These people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible how dumb they are. Dumb they are. Um, this is one of my favorite stories. You brought this to our attention, Michael. It's about these birds that are just terrorists. Yeah. They're, I mean, it, these are Australian
1: birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the title is, Why These Birds Carry Flames in Their Beaks." <laughs> This is from uh, National Geographic. Australia's indigenous peoples have long observed, quote, firehawks spreading wildfires throughout the country's tropical savannas. It's Just unbelievable. Just, they're actual arsonists.
0: <laughs> so, so what happens if I'm cutting to the chase here? Is that as forest fire breaks out? Yeah, these birds go and pluck some twigs with the fire in their beak. And then they fly it to a different place and start another fire? Yeah. That's what they do? Well, yeah.
1: And I mean, there's a reason why these birds do this. The idea is that these birds of prey use fire to help find food making easy meals out of the insects and other small animals trying to flee the blaze. (laughs) It's like these birds are trying to smoke them
0: out. It's like fishing with dynamite. It's incredible. (laughs) So, but in the end, the end result is that they basically burn down all of the like burnable land in Australia. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I, I mean, we really shouldn't. Find it surprising that well, everyone knows this about Australia. It's got the wildest animals, the craziest shit that's all trying to kill you. The worst of the worst. It's in Australia. Yeah, is in Australia. Remember, it was a penal colony. Oh, yeah, right. They had to learn to to fight fire with fire. Right. <laughs> I mean, just like we sent all the criminals to Australia, <laughs> I assume every family that had a misbehaved
2: pet they went there too. They, they sent it to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: who had the pet firebird? <laughs> right. <laughs> like the, 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 the equivalent of like the birds of, of backdraft basically right, yeah. sent it to, to
1: Australia. Well, you buy your daughter a parakeet, it starts some fires in your in your attic. Yeah, you're going to send
2: it to Australia. Right, I think it's unbelievable. I think that bird's trying to burn down the woods in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, Let's put him on a plane and send him <laughs> to Australia. Cage
0: him and send him to Australia. Right, There's I, only
2: one answer, folks. I got to apologize to our listeners in Australia. And there are many.
1: There are many people are saying, uh, but yeah, you can't deny your history.
0: I mean, they're burning, and then you run into a koala, and you got chlamydia. Right, right. I mean, they're. They, it's not just that they can kill you; they can they can cause life problems.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty animal.
0: <laughs> Holy smokes! In terms of the animal content that we've had, this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. I think it's great. I think it's Fire great. Hawk. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that. Listen, fellas, I know it's short and sweet, but it's a holiday. It is. You know? Swag so didn't make it, by the way.
1: Yeah, he's still, he never came through the door. He never made it. he I, I will say for the record, he's now four minutes past the time that he said he would definitely be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, a little disappointed, but it is what it is. And yeah. I'm I'm certain that he's going to be here for Thursday's episode, which is going to be a banger. we got a big interview to announce. Big interview. And, and you know, we're, we're picking back up steam here. This is a post-holiday deal where we've got, like, very compelling stuff. I got a lot of good feedback from last week's episode with the the chairman's race for the RNC.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great, and I love that we had them both on the same episode, so people could get like a look into the entire thing, the arguments on both sides, and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have more of that as we progress towards 2024. You're going to hear a whole bunch of things from a whole bunch of different people who are going to play significant roles in not only the the race for Congress but president as well.
2: Another banger of an episode, folks. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.